You're listening to the KCAC Beat. Now, introducing your host, Mark Hoffheinz. Welcome to another edition of the KCAC Beat. Hi, I'm Mark Hoffheinz. I am the Assistant Commissioner for Sports Information and Communications for the conference. This episode, we are going to take a look at scores in men's basketball from uh, about the middle of the week. We had a kind of a weird schedule this week coming out of Thanksgiving holiday. We had three games this week. So I uh, believe we had ones on Monday, yesterday, which is Thursday, and then games on Saturday as well. So um, that's why our episode schedule is kind of different this week to accommodate that. But we'll look at scores from Tuesday through Thursday and then look ahead to matchups over the weekend. But first, we'll take a look back at our midweek scoreboard. This is the KCAC Scoreboard. Taking a look at games from Tuesday, November 29th to Thursday, December 1st. Um, on Tuesday, the only game was an exhibition game that a KCAC team was involved in. Uh, that was St. Mary taking on Emporia State. And in that one, Emporia State wins 110-66. to Emporia State scoring 50-plus in... Both quarters, uh, St. Mary scores, or both halves, excuse me. St. Mary scores 32 in the first half, 34 in the second half. Uh, but still a good opportunity for St. Mary to get experience against a NCAA Division II team. Looking at some team statistics, St. Mary shoots 37.1% from the field compared to 62% for Emporia State. So a great shooting night for the Hornets there. Uh, 31% from the three point line for. St. Mary compared to 42.9% from the three-point line for the Hornets and 71.4% for the Spires from the free-throw line. uh, And Emporia State matched that, also shooting 71.4%, but on uh, twice as many attempts, and they made twice as many free-throws. Looking at some key players for St. Mary in this matchup, Deshaun St. Martin had 15 points in 19 minutes. Good shooting night from him. He was 7 of 11 from the field. Uh, He was 0 of 1 from the three-point line and 1 of 1 from the free throw line. Also added in three rebounds, one block, and a steal in the day. Uh, Joey Schultz was also a double-digit scorer for uh, St. Mary. 12 points in 16 minutes. He shot pretty well, 6 of 12 from the field. Uh, He adds three rebounds as well and a steal. Any other double-digit scorers for St. Mary? Looks like Tate Brown had 15 points off the bench in 17 minutes. Uh, so really kind of coming in, being a sharpshooter there. Five of nine from the field, five of eight from the three-point line. Also adding two rebounds, uh, an assist, and looks like one rebound. I think I've already mentioned that. But uh, three double-digit scores for the Spires there. And the next link score after that for St. Mary was Nick Chapman with nine. Uh, moving on to Wednesday, no games there. Thursday, we did have six conference matchups, and then York competed in a non-conference matchup. We'll look at that non-con game first. Uh, York at Haskell there in Lawrence, Haskell Indian Nations University. Haskell wins this one 80-65. The teams were tied at 31 after the first half, but Haskell with a great second half outscores the Panthers by 15 to earn the victory. Looking at some team statistics, 
Haskell shoots better from the field, 43.1% compared to 36.4% for the Panthers. Uh, Haskell with a big advantage on three-point shooting, 31.8% compared to 12.5% for York. Rebounding is pretty close. Uh, Haskell pulled down one more rebound than the Panthers, but pretty close there. And Haskell wins a turnover battle, turning the ball over four fewer times than the Panthers. We get some key players for York in this matchup. Their lens scoring by Brent Clark. He had 26 points in 31 minutes. Shot 50% from the field. He is 11 of 22. Uh, he's one of three from the three-point line and three of six from the free throw line. Also added in eight rebounds, two assists, and three steals. So a great all-around game for him. Another double-digit score for York was Rhino Hernandez. 12 points, five rebounds, an assist, four steals, and two blocks. So a great defensive game there for Hernandez. After those two, looks like Mook Beal and... Tyreek King both had six points to be kind of the next level of scorers there for York. Moving on to our conference matchups. First one we'll take a look at is Bethel at Ottawa. This one was a great game. If you're if you're watching that, goes to double overtime, and Bethel earns the 94 to 91 victory. Uh, looks like Bethel was down at halftime by nine. They come back in the second half to tie it up. Both teams score seven points in the first overtime period, and Bethel just gets that extra three points in the second overtime period to earn the victory. Looking at some team statistics, Bethel 42.3% from the field compared to 38.3% for Ottawa. Bethel with a a good size advantage on the three-point shooting, 37.5% for the Threshers compared to 25% for Ottawa. Uh, Bethel also leads in rebounds, 59, compared to 43 pulled down for the Braves. Uh, But Bethel did struggle with turning over the ball. They had 26 turnovers compared to 18 for Ottawa. Some key players for both teams. We'll start out with Ottawa first. They had three double-digit scores, two with 20-plus points. Uh, DeAndre Buggage was the team's leading scorer with 30 points. He played 44 minutes. Uh, he was 12 of 27 from the field, 6 of 16 from three. Also added in five assists and two steals. Ian Moore was the team's second leading scorer, 24 points in 43 minutes. Uh, 9 of 20 from the field, 4 of 10 from three, and 2 of 2 from the free throw line. Also adds in three rebounds, two assists, two steals, and a block. And then the team's final double digit score was Cody Fredrickson, 11 points. Uh, also added in two assists, a steal, and two blocks. His 11 points came on five of eight shooting. Uh, for Bethel, they were then scoring by Bryant McCabe, 35 points in 43 minutes. He shot 13 of 23 from the field, five of nine from three, and four of five from the free throw line. Uh, nearly gets a double-double. He had nine rebounds. Also added in two assists and one steal. Harper Jonas scored 15 points for the Threshers. Good shooting night from him. 5 of 8 from the field. 4 of 5 from the free throw line. 1 of 4 from the three-point line. Also pulled down 7 rebounds and dished out 1 assist. And then Carmelo Akubu. uh, 10 points on the night. He's the final double-digit scorer for Bethel. 10 points in 21 minutes. Also pulled down 6 rebounds. Dished out 4 assists. And had 1 steal on the night. 
Next matchup we'll take a look at is Kansas Wesleyan at Avila. Uh, Kansas Wesleyan earns the victory here 61-39. to uh, Fairly low-scoring first half for both teams. It was 21-18 to in favor of Kansas Wesleyan after the first half. Uh, going into the second half, Kansas Wesleyan scores 40 points in the second half to extend the victory or extend the lead and earn the 22 point victory there uh, looking at some team statistics Kansas Wesleyan 46.4 percent from the field compared to 25.5 percent from the field for the Eagles uh, three-point shooting Avila did hold the advantage here 26.9 percent compared to 17.4 percent for the Coyotes Kansas Wesleyan holding the rebound advantage. They pulled down four more rebounds than the Eagles. Teams were relatively close on turnovers. Kansas Wesleyan 14, Avila 15. Looking at some key players for both teams. We'll start with Avila first. Uh, Two double-digit scores for them. Dante Simpson and Jordan Gilmet both had 10 points on the night. Simpson's 10 points came on 3 of 8 shooting from the field, 2 of 4 from 3, and 2 of 2 from the free throw line. Uh, also pulled down 9 rebounds, dished out 5 assists and 1 steal. Gilmet's 10 points in 17 minutes came on 4 of 9 shooting, 2 of 4 from the 3-point line. Also added in 2 rebounds and a steal there. Uh, after those two, Brandon Johnson uh, was the next league scorer, 9 points in 8 minutes. Three of four from the field, one of one from three, two of two from the free throw line. Also pulled down two rebounds. For Kansas Wesleyan, they had three double-digit scores. All had 12 points. Uh, June Murdoch, Thurbo Bile, and Alex Littlejohn with 12 points each to lead the Coyotes. Murdoch's 12 points came on five of ten shooting from the field. One of two from three, one of three from the free throw line. Also had four rebounds and five assists. Biles, 12 points. Uh, had an efficient night, five of seven shooting, two of two from the free throw line. He also pulled down four rebounds and a good night on the defensive end for him as well. Five steals and three blocks. And Little John secures a double-double. He had 12 points and 11 rebounds. Good shooting night for him as well, six of nine from the field. Uh, he also dished out four assists on the night. Next matchup we'll take a look at is Southwestern at Tabor. Southwestern at number 10 in the latest NAI coaches poll. And I think I failed to mention it on uh, Kansas Wesleyan game, but Kansas Wesleyan number 18 in the latest NAI coaches poll. But Southwestern versus Tabor. Southwestern now the number 10 team in the country. They earn the 72-46 to victory over Tabor. Uh, they jump up to a 24-point lead at halftime. Much closer second half, but they still outscore the Blue Jays by two in the second half to earn the 26-point victory. Looking at some team stats, Southwestern was the better of the two teams, shooting from the field 47.4% compared to 31.5% for the Blue Jays. Uh, Southwestern also holds the advantage on three-point shooting, 41.7% for the Mound Builders compared to 188 for the Blue Jays. Southwestern holds the advantage on rebounds as well, pulling down 13 more rebounds than Tabor. Uh, but Tabor did turn, turn over the ball fewer times, 11 turnovers for the Blue Jays compared to 13 for the Mound Builders. Looking at key players for both teams, we'll start with Tabor first. Uh, they had one double-digit scorer, which was Thatcher McClure. 
13 points in 27 minutes. 6 of 10 from the field, 1 of 2 from the free throw line. Also pulled down 4 rebounds, dished out an assist, and had a block on the night. Uh, then you had next leading score was Austin Hilton, 8 points, uh, also pulled down a rebound. And Adam Nance had 6 points. And then after that, you had a lot of people with 4, 3, or 2 points uh, kind of spread out the rest of the offensive load for Tabor on the night. For Southwestern, they had four players in double figures for their starters. Team's leading score was Cooper Pierce, who had a double-double on the night with 18 points and 11 rebounds. His 18 points came on 6 of 12 shooting from the field, 3 of 8 from the three-point line, and 3 of 3 from the free-throw line. Also had a steal in the block on the night. Uh, Kevin Clark was the team's next leading scorer with 15 points. 6 of 10 shooting for him from the field. 1 of 2 from 3. And 2 of 2 from the free throw line. Uh, Andrew O'Brien also had a double-double on the night. 14 points and 13 rebounds. Uh, He also dished out 4 assists and had 2 steals. Then finally, Jarvis Jennings had 10 points. Uh, that came on four of eight shooting, one of two from the three-point line, one of two from the free throw line. He also pulled down three rebounds, three uh, dished out three assists, and had one block on the night. Looking at our next game, friends at Oklahoma Wesleyan. Oklahoma Wesleyan, number eight in the latest NAI men's basketball coaches poll. They earned the victory 78-52 to over the Falcons. Uh, they jump out to a 28-point lead at halftime and then are able to hang on the second half for the 26-point victory. Some team statistics. Oklahoma Wesleyan shooting better from the field of the two teams, 48.5% compared to 34.5% for the Falcons. Three-point shooting. Oklahoma Wesleyan also holds the advantage here, 45.5% from the three-point line compared to 24% for friends. Uh, Oklahoma Wesleyan also wins the rebounding and turnover battles. Eagles pulling down 15 more rebounds than the Falcons and turning the ball over three fewer times. Looking at some team statistics, we'll start out, or some individual statistics, excuse me. Uh, we'll start out with friends first. They were led scoring by Al Imerlahu. Uh, he had 12 points on the night on five of nine shooting. Also had two rebounds and a steal. And then Tim Barbieri joined him in double-digit scoring with 10 points on 3 of 6 shooting from the field, 4 of 4 from the free throw line. Uh, Also had 6 rebounds and 1 assist on the night. After those two, Trey Reed was the team's third link scorer, 8 points in 20 minutes, shot 50% from the field, also had 2 rebounds and 1 assist on the night. Uh, looking at Oklahoma Wesleyan, they had three double-digit scores. Their leading scorer was Amari Woods, getting 13 points in 16 minutes off the bench. A good shooting night from Woods, 5.06 from the field, 3 of 3 from the uh, three-point line. Also pulled down two rebounds and dished out an assist. And then Brandon Bird and Derek Talton Jr. both had 11 points on the night. Uh, Bird's 11 points came on 5 of 8 shooting. Also pulled down five rebounds on the night. And then uh, Talton's 11 points were on 5 of 10 shooting. He had four rebounds on the night. Also dished out an assist and had four steals on the night. Our next matchup was part of the uh, KCAC and ESPN 92.3 
Road to Hartman doubleheader of the week, McPherson at Sterling. Uh, if you're not familiar with that Road to Hartman series, we have partnered with ESPN 92.3 out of Wichita to have a doubleheader of the week each week. And uh, Pat Strathman with ESPN 92.3 will go out and broadcast from that doubleheader each week. Uh, McPherson at Sterling, both the women's and men's games were, were part of that doubleheader this week. Sterling earning the home victory 87 to 77. McPherson actually led at halftime by a three, but the Warriors able to come back and outscore the Bulldogs by 13 in the second half to earn the 10 point victory. Some team statistics. Sterling, really good shooting night from the field, 50.8% compared to 37.8% for the Bulldogs. Uh, Team's pretty close in three-point shooting. McPherson holds the advantage, 35% compared to 33.3% for the Warriors. Sterling pulling down more rebounds on the night, uh, 35 for the Warriors compared to 30 for the Bulldogs. And then Sterling also winning the turnover battle, only turning the ball over six times compared to 11 for McPherson. Looking at some key players for both teams, we'll start out with McPherson first. They had four double-digit scores on the night, led by Yanil Vidal, who had 16 points on 5 of 12 shooting, 4 of 10 from the three-point line, 2 of 3 from the free throw line. He also had five rebounds and two assists. Then Owen Braxmeyer was the team's next leading scorer with 12 points, also had one rebound on the night and three assists. And then Antonio Watson and Charles Schneider both had 12 points for the Bulldogs, or 11 points, excuse me, for the Bulldogs. Uh, Watson's 11 points came along with five assists, one rebound and one steal. Schneider's 11 points, uh, he added three rebounds to that as well. For the Warriors, they had five players in double digits. All of them were their starters. Two with 20-plus points. Uh, Elias Nagogo was the team's leading scorer with 22. He had a double-double, pulling down 10 rebounds. He was uh, had a great shooting night, 8 of 10 from the field, 6 of 6 from the free throw line. He also had an assist and a block on the night. Will Thickpen was the team's next leading scorer with 21 points. He was 10 of 17 from the field and 1 of 2 from the free throw line. Also adding in seven rebounds, dishing out four assists, one steal uh, on the night, and two blocks. So a good all-around game from Thigpen. Darian Reed, 17 points for the Warriors. Also had five rebounds and a steal. Lucas Breyer, 12 points, seven rebounds, two assists, and two steals. And then Cedric Rollerson, 11 points, two rebounds, three assists, and two steals on the night. Final game we'll take a look at is Bethany at St. Mary. This one went kind of late. I believe the uh, Swedes-inspired women's game went into double overtime, so this one started a little bit later, but Bethany earns the 10-point victory here. Swedes are actually down by 8 at halftime, but outscore St. Mary by 18 in the second half to earn the 10-point victory. Uh, For some team statistics... Bethany shoots better from the field, 41.1% for the Swedes compared to 38.9% for the Spires. Uh, St. Mary does hold the advantage in three-point shooting, 34.6% compared to 29.4% for Bethany. St. Mary also pulling down more rebounds on the night, uh, 40 for the Spires compared to 28 for the Swedes. 
But St. Mary did struggle with turning the ball over. 19 turnovers on the night compared to only eight for Bethany. Looking at some key players for both teams. Start out with St. Mary first. Three double-digit scores. Uh, top scorer was Cam Southern, scoring 18 points in 29 minutes off the bench. Good shooting night for him. Four of eight from the free, uh, from the field. Eight of ten from the free throw line and two of five from three. He also had five rebounds on the night. Uh, Joey Schultz, 15 points for him on the night. Almost got a double-double with nine rebounds. Good shooting night from him as well. Four of five from the field, two of two from three, and five of six from the free throw line. Also added in three assists, three steals, and two blocks. So a good all-around game from him. And then Joey Burgos, 11 points for the Spires. Also added in four rebounds and two assists. Uh, Bethany had five double-digit scores on the night. Four of them were their starters. One coming off the bench. Uh, Solomon Clayton was the team's leading scorer with 22 points. Also had four rebounds and three steals on the night. Then Malcolm Clayton had 14 points. Uh, He also had six rebounds, one assist, one steal, and a block. Dylan Smith, 12 points to go along with four rebounds, one assist, and two steals. Donovan Newton off the bench, 11 points in 17 minutes. He also had two assists, a steal, and a block. And then Justin Brookins, 10 points for the Swedes to go along with six rebounds, two assists, and three steals. And that'll wrap it up for our scoreboard recap. Now we'll take a look at games coming up over the weekend. Looking over the weekend, Friday, no games. Saturday, we have five conference matchups. And then Sunday, I don't believe we have any games. Uh, All Saturday's games will be available on the KCAC network as they are all conference matchups. First is number 10 ranked Southwestern traveling up to York. That game will begin at 4 p.m. Sterling at Bethany begins at 7 p.m. Ottawa travels down to Wichita to take on Friends. That game begins at 7 p.m. Probably the, the key matchup of the week if you're just looking at national rankings Number eight, Oklahoma Wesleyan travels to Salina to take on number 18 ranked Kansas Wesleyan. That game will begin at 7 p.m. And then Tabor and McPherson will face off in McPherson. That game also tipping off at 7 p.m. Well, that'll wrap it up for this episode of the KCAC Beat. We thank you all for listening. Make sure you subscribe wherever you do listen so you don't miss an episode. Uh, We should have a women's basketball episode coming out today a women's soccer episode coming out today, recapping Oklahoma Wesleyan's performance in the NAI quarterfinals. And I'm not sure if we put it out yet or not, but our uh, virtual cheer and dance media day was earlier in this week. I think we're going to put out that audio as a special episode on this feed as well. So make sure you're looking for that. Uh, But for everybody here at the conference office, we hope you have a great day and a great weekend. been listening to the KCAC Beat. For more information on the KCAC, go to www.kcacsports.com.